Multiverse of Hugh, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I am Luke. And I am Devin. And this week we're talking about... Exiles. Specifically, we are covering Exiles Volume 1, numbers 90 through 94, where Chris Claremont takes over the Exiles and nothing is ever the same again. And also it's going to get, like, ended in about ten issues. Hooray! Thanks, Chris. So, uh, I, I have, I just feel really weird about these issues, and I'm also coming down with some sort of sickness, so it could equally be my opinions are influenced by my sickness. Probably. It, probably. And at the same time, this is my first time reapproaching this material since I first read all of Exiles in, like, 2010 or 2011. Maybe it was a bit after that, but I had pretty much read everything in a huge swamp and then, or in a huge swath, and then I just remember Claremont felt so incredibly different than everything else up to that point. That's because he is. Uh, this was also like the first Chris Claremont comics that I ever read. Oh, well yeah, that'll be a different take then. Yeah. I believe mine was the Dark Phoenix Saga. So you're starting off good in a good place. So, uh, yeah, issues 90 through 94 were written by Chris... (laughs) Shit. Issues 90 through 94 were written by Chris Claremont, (laughs) with pencils by Paul Pelletier, inks by Rick Magyar and Gary Martin, with colors by Will Quintana and letters by Dave Sharp. And let's go over the team, as they are all... Having horrible things happen to them. So, Morph, a.k.a. Kevin Sidney, was actually Proteus Kevin McTaggart, who came from the House of M universe. He is a reality warper who has to possess the bodies of different people, and he ended up in Morph's body, and they had wiped his mind so that he thought that he actually was Morph and couldn't use his powers, but now he's woken up and he is killing everybody, including Sabretooth. Sabretooth is from the Age of Apocalypse universe. Here he is a good guy and worked with Magneto to fight Apocalypse and his uh, evil horsemen. Also here, he is getting his flesh melted off of his bones. Along with, uh, his sort of adoptive daughter, Blink, who has the power to open up portals and to teleport through things. She is also from the Age of Apocalypse universe, and she is sort of the second-in-command leader after Sabretooth. And also here, Proteus has enlarged her skeleton for some reason, which has killed her. Well, he didn't do it. He wanted her to die for the same reason that Sabretooth is going to die, so that they both just be creepy skeletons. He said that. He but wanted her he to die ki- the same death. No, they died very different ways, though. But they were both still magical skeletons, and that's what he wanted. Yeah, but, like, the, the skeletal remains are different, because, like, her skeleton is too big for her body. But now they're the same size because Sabretooth is significantly larger. Anyways, up next is Heather Hudson, whose flesh is being merged with the bugs that work in the Panopticon. 
also known as the Time Breakers. Heather Hudson used to be Sasquatch until she lost her powers. Now she mainly works support. And yeah, she just got merged with a bunch of big old bug people. And then Morph, or Proteus, decides to turn Spider-Man into an actual spider. Uh, this is Spider-Man uh, Miguel O'Hara. He is from the 2099 universe. And he ended up joining the Exiles because he was outed as Spider-Man to all of his enemies. By Proteus, who in the who at that time was in the body of Hulk 2099. And after this, to make Spider-Man feel less alone, he turns Power Princess, a.k.a. Zarda, who is a Wonder Woman XP, into a praying mantis, who then kills Spider-Man. And Zarda is typically a member of the Squadron Supreme. She had joined the team because they needed to get the mind control. Well, no. And she had joined the team because Proteus had also gone into her world, messed with things, and she also helped the team get the mind control device that they have used to keep, or had tried to use to keep, Morph from turning into Proteus. And then last on our team is Proteus decides to turn into Mojo and kill Longshot by using a giant cancelled stamp. Uh, uh, man, Longshot is basically the only one of his kind in the entire universe. Even though that is, like, retconned many times over. Oh, yeah. No, there was, like, a whole bunch of these genetically designed dudes. Yeah. Um, and, but, anyway, he is a genetically designed character that Mojo used to put on for his interdimensional television programs. And, and he, he can, has... Yeah, he has luck-based powers. As long as he's doing good, which is also very inconsistent here. Yep. And then it turns out that this is all... Heather Hudson's computer prediction of what will go wrong if something happens to Morph. And it's like, damn, that is some dark-ass shit to start off. Oh, yeah. Because it is hella graphic. This is like the best slash worst scared straight program there is. Especially to you, because, I mean, let's be real. It was very unnecessary. They all know they're going to die if he turns back into Proteus. Yeah, I, like, as far as cold opens go, though, it is going to stick with me for a while. Yeah. And also there's this thing about a brief glimpse of a, another crystal palace and a mysterious woman looking in on them, but we'll get back to that later. Uh, so Heather is trying to get them to figure out what to do with Morph, and she's been noticing a bunch of strange things happening around the panopticon which is their crystal palace base that is outside of the universe and also allows them to look into other universes and travel to those universes to fix them and she's been getting static from their signals and that's just like one of the many problems along with them trying to figure out what to do with morph and at the same time blink is like hey well if we're trying to figure out how to restabilize are we able to get nocturne back nocturne being the daughter of nightcrawler and the scarlet witch from another alternate universe who used to be on the team and then she finished enough missions so she didn't have to try and save her place in reality anymore and she got involved with x-men stuff that's apparently not super good and uh at this point she is joined up with excalibur which 
is a cat in Britain who is a tool. Yeah, and also Psylocke is on the team at this time, as is Kane Marco the Juggernaut and Allison Blair Dazzler. Like, it is a team that will probably need to tackle sometime very, very soon. I like three of those of those four people. Mm-hmm. So, Blink and Sabretooth, because the conversation is over, they go up and meet with the rest of the team, and Zarda, uh, Power Princess, decides that she is going to head home, but she wants everyone else to uh, stay on the team, so... Or, wait... And so Zarda decides to head home. Everyone else wants to stay on the team for the time being. And so she, and most so of them she don't leaves. actually have homes to go to. Yeah. They're like all she very is honestly the only over. one who has a choice. Yeah. Well, she was the only, like, drafted one who has the choice. But she has, like, a nice like, 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 life to go back to. Miguel can't go back because his life is fucked. And Longshot doesn't have a place to go back to. At all, exactly. But I don't think that Blink has still stabilized her point in the timeline, and neither has Morph, who they couldn't send back anyway. And I guess Sabretooth hasn't either, which explains the various continuity issues that come up later on with Age of Apocalypse. See, I thought they had it stabilized their time period. Or it's more of, I didn't think there actually was a stabilization. Well, I thought that was just like a bunch of horse shit that the time broker gave him. I don't think it was, though it's hard to tell exactly how much was horse, horse shit, because a lot of that also came during the time where it's like, oh, uh, we're changing writers a lot, so continuity is going to be sketchy here okay no see i thought all of it was horseshit i thought they can all go back to their timeline if they want to because i mean Sabretooth went back to his to the age of apocalypse universe but not to like stay yeah and like there's yeah well and there's also the weird stuff for people who got done with their missions sometimes they got stuck back in the wall so comics and continuity i just thought it was because they didn't like want them to go squealing just like Beak I mean Beak went back to his university he just said fuck you guys I'm done well but that was them choosing to send Beak back yeah so or, how do you know well, that his point in time was fixed that's what I'm saying I think all of that about fixed points in time is a bunch of horseshit. cause Beak just went back and he said if you guys I'm done so, well, and he also got what he was brought on the team for. Completed. Oh, yes, that's true, but... Yeah. Anyways, uh, Blink and Sabretooth meet back up with the rest of the team, and when Zard is gone, they decide to do the classic Claremontian, hey, let's show off what everybody's powers are, as they decide to try and beat the heck out of Sabretooth. Yay! And ultimately, and ultimately it ends with Longshot catching him in a cave of giant stalactites. And meanwhile, the face that had shown up during the Morph Goes Evil simulation uh, has been manifesting more and more inside the Panopticron, and it's able to control the computers and redirect them to look at a massively destabilized world where the team is going to need to go into blind. And because they figure they have enough people at the time, they decide to leave Morph asleep because his mind is currently being rewritten 
after an attack from the White Queen that sort of threatened to wake up, uh, that sort of threatened to wake up, uh, Proteus inside of Morph. Slash, they needed something so that people would suddenly be suspicious of Morph again. Because we had a, several missions where it's been like, oh, Proteus is in his body, but there's no, like, sign that he's going to reawake at all, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, Proteus might kill us all, but we'll get to the... Time to put him down like a dog. Yeah, we'll get into those reasons shortly. And so, Heather, meanwhile, tries to talk to the bugs, who they weirdly call lizards, in this one. Oh, is that what that was? I couldn't tell what they were talking about. I was like, did they bring the lizard back or something? Yeah, uh, no, it's just like a really weird continuity thing that I guess none of the editors caught. Strange. Yeah, but the bugs are all unsettled because of the strange face that has been appearing. And then I assume that, like, Heather knows she needs to, like, figure out what's going on here and get some other members. And she ends up, like, eating two pizzas and a six-pack. And presumably also smoking a bunch of weed as she does it because... Not only does she claim that she has mutant metabolism that allows her to get through all of that without adding on any weight, but, like, she's not a mutant. She never was. Yeah. yeah. Apparently people got very upset with Claremont for ignoring that part of continuity. Yeah, no, like, that whole little bit there was really strange. Mm-hmm. And she ends up finding a really good potential recruit... But then she's like, oh shit, this is from the 616, where she was specifically like, yeah, let's not fuck with that universe anymore, because that messes with so many other things. And that's when Sabretooth gets sent back, warning her that uh, everyone else on the team got caught, and he needs backup. So she is forced to bring in Psylocke, who at the time had just been fighting the Shadow King back in New Excalibur number 8. So... You ready for some weird-ass Claremont continuity stuff, Devin? Help me, Luke. So one of the things that Claremont always wanted was that across the entire multiverse, there was only one version of the Shadow King. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, that's something that as soon as he was off, other people who wrote Shadow King pretty much ignored that. But, you know, Claremont was back, and he was like, oh, okay, let's bring that back. And initially, Chris Claremont was supposed to take over writing Exiles at the end of the World Tour arc, but he had some health issues that came up, which is why Psylocke disappeared in New Excalibur number 8 in June of 2006, and then reappeared in March 2007 in this issue of Exiles. So, like, the Wolverine arc that we really enjoyed was filler. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm surprised. It kind of felt like filler. And that's why they also had to do the stuff with the White Queen messing with his mind. And that's why they're suddenly calling the Time Breaker insects lizards, I assume. And also, another fun fact, the issue that she disappears in was supposed to be a two-parter. And as far as I'm aware, they never actually wrote the second part. They just started telling other stories because another writer took over. Oh, how nice. Yeah. So, Sabretooth is... everyone. And speaking of comics, everyone, Sabretooth is a giant idiot, and he's like, oh, 
hey, here's this new team member who's suddenly been dropped into a desert. I'm going to run and charge at her. There's nothing that could be wrong about a bestial, giant-ass man like me charging at this woman who has just been kidnapped from her universe. And so he immediately gets struck with a katana that is made out of the focused totality of her psychic powers. As Psylocke often does. Yeah. And so she keeps fighting and also starts narrating with literal purple caption boxes. And meanwhile, Heather is unable to see her. And Sabretooth, who charged at her, is unsure of why she is attacking him. And this was just, like, really, really, really fucking dumb. The Sabretooth being confused on why she's attacking him. Oh, good. Also, no prize for why she is not showing up, because I forget if it's explained or not. Way back in the uh, Claremont run of X-Men, after... I don't think it was Mutant Massacre, but one of those big early on... uh, crossover events Roma who is tied to Otherworld which is the Captain Britain alternate universe group made the X-Men invisible to cameras and like digital recording devices as a reward for basically giving up their lives to save the universe and then it slowly went away as Claremont left the book and was really inconsistent in continuity interesting Yeah, it's one of those strange, forgotten-about things. That was, like, what led into the Outback era of X-Men. Oh, Outback era. Also, just so we know, Roma is the mysterious lady who keeps popping up everywhere, and we'll probably have to explain her as we get closer to the crossover. So, Psylocke is beating the shit out of Sabretooth, and... She's also noticed that he has not tried to murder her, and as the fight spills out of the desert room, uh, like, the force of this fight that they're having causes a bookshelf to fall onto Morph's head, breaking his mind-wiping device, because, sure, comics. And that's when Psylocke, who's now, like, free for a few moments, starts to explore the Panopticron, Sabretooth being an idiot, charges at her again until Morph shows up and lands on her and tries talking to her. And this is followed up by Heather showing up in hollow form, who can't see who they're talking to or hear her. And they all introduce themselves, and Psylocke reveals that, oh yeah, in her universe, Sabretooth is an evil monster. And she wants to get sent home now, but the exiles need her help. I also like other little signs and such. Oh, yeah. Like the boys' bathroom crossed out with girls' bathroom, and it's a, it's like, oh, Morph, do not come in here again. Or and then the, I also like the like, uh, electrical wires, know. do not touch, question mark. Yeah. And meanwhile, on Earth 1720, Blink is trying to save Spider-Man from being mind-controlled by the hand as she fights against hand ninjas, and that is when Longshot appears under their control, and Blink is captured by Madame Hydra of this universe, Sue Storm. <gasps> and so Sabretooth, Psylocke, and Morph teleport in, and they notice that there are not a lot of people around, 
but there is definitely a lot of destruction, including a crashed helicarrier in the middle of New York City. And I... Crashing helicarriers is fun. The coincidence that uh, I also involved Hydra and a crashed helicarrier in the middle of New York City is pure coincidence. I don't think so. I have already written a letter to Chris Clairvaux, and he is going to sue your ass. Please, Chris, don't sue me. I, I barely make enough to get clothes. Anyways, they see the uh, Hand Ninjas are being led by Captain America. But that is when they are approached by Elektra, who asks them to come with her, and she brings them through a portal to a hyper-advanced base where Nick Fury, Callisto, and Reed Richards are. And that's when Heather pops in and tells Sabretooth, who's the only person who can see her, they have... I... And here's another thing I was confused about. She says they have 100 hours. I th think she means they have until 100, or they have one that, one that, yeah, shit. She's like, she's like, they only have, or they have 1,000 hours to fix everything. I think she means they have until 10 a.m. to fix the world. Otherwise it will be erased. Because there's no way that they spend all that time. I don't know, 100 hours is... Is like four days. Yeah. Plus. It doesn't feel like they spend four days in this world, though. That's fair. And anyways, their mission is to kill Reed Richards. Which it's like, awkward. Oh, and if they uh, don't save this world, then they'll be erased along with the universe, which is a new twist. Because I guess the Panopticon really hates this universe and it has been set to automatically destroy it, probably by Roma. Probably. So, Sue and her boyfriend, Hydra Wolverine, make out in front of the mind-controlled Hydra Blink, while Sabretooth is out fighting Captain America. Oh, who, speaking of uh, Captain America... Yeah. It was the thing I had the big issue with when they first started showing off his costume. Because you're like, ooh, we could tell that it was Captain America, but then ooh, it wasn't when we saw the color of his costume. It was like, his costume looks exactly the damn same. Yeah. Like, that I, is I blue think they, right there. Yeah, that is a big disconnect there. It should have been green. That's what I thought. They got real confused when that first started. Yeah. Because, like, why would you have no thought that he was not Cap? Exactly. Well, and that's, like, one of the, uh, the weird, like, disconnects in this issue that I noticed that I didn't really notice before as much. But anyway, Sabretooth is fighting Captain America, who attacks him with a gas gun, while Morph and uh, Psylocke are just sitting there and watching. Which is really weird, because it's like... They should both be helping him fight or, like, fighting the hand ninjas that are out there. It's not a good transition. Ultimately, Sabretooth is able to defeat Cap, and Morph tries to figure out why Psylocke doesn't like Sabretooth. And she's like, in my world, he murders people, but chances are, the way things are going, he probably joined the X-Men. Which, at that time, he had joined the X-Men for, like, at least the first time, or maybe second time. Everyone has joined the X-Men at least, like, five times who shouldn't have joined the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And she's having issues trusting the Exiles, which is pretty fair at this point. 
Oh, incredibly fair. Meanwhile, Slaymaster sees all of the hand ninjas that were defeated because their costumes have just been left behind along with their weapons. And he wants to meet Psylocke based on her fighting styles. And he's also with the now mind-controlled Hydra Exiles. And do you know a lot about Slaymaster, Devin? None. So beyond being one of Marvel's few Muslim characters, which makes it super weird that he's teamed up with Marvel Nazis, he also has a long he was also a longtime Captain Britain video he was also a longtime Captain Britain villain who was the person who cut out Psylocke's eyes when she had briefly become Captain Britain, which ended up leading to the whole she gets stuck inside an Asian woman's body and became the Psylocke that we know that she is now. X-Men! Such X-Men. So, Sabretooth finally reveals the mission to Psylocke and Morph, and neither of them really want to accept having to kill Reed Richards, and that's when the Hydra Exiles show up and they get into a big fight, but the Exiles are able to knock out the Hydra Exiles, and Psylocke runs off to figure out what to do with Reed. Meanwhile, Hydra Wolverine got into the secret base along with Sue, and they kill both Fury and Callisto, and Reed and Elektra are also somehow in love, and he asks Elektra to go free his daughter and to keep her safe. Which is weird. Nah, man, I get it. Explain how you get it. Well, you see, Luke, it's pretty much like every disaster movie ever. They are in a terrible situation and have barely anyone else. Of course they're going to be in love. Just like how Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox become in love from the events of the first Transformers movie, even though that would never happen in real life. Or pretty much any movie romance ever. That's an action flick. And I'll, I'll, I'll accept it for now. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the Exiles run into Slaymaster, who gives them the option to join Hydra or die. And obviously they refuse, and Sabretooth is having a hard time fighting Slaymaster, because Slaymaster is very good at slaying people. Oh yeah, in the comics, he got killed by uh, Captain Britain bashing his head in with a rock. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they refuse. Slaymaster is having... Or, Sabretooth's having a hard time, and so Sabretooth picks up all of the weapons that the Hand Ninjas have dropped as they've been killed and just throws them at once at Slaymaster, which is a very, very good moment. Oh, it was. But Slaymaster being very good at slaying, perhaps even being the master of it, not only is he able to block them, but he also was able to throw his sword back into Sabretooth, which stops him for a bit. Meanwhile, Psylocke explains that they are supposed to kill Reed because Hydra would be able to use his technology to escape into the multiverse. And they're also really weird out sometimes calling it the Omniverse instead, which I don't like that. Nope. But uh, that's when she sees Slaymaster on the screen and has a flashback and collapses and then Reed drops her into the weird minecart filled sewers that there are. Because he's an asshole here. Well, they do want to kill him. Yeah, but... Why would you have that minecart in the sewers? Nah, bro. You're gonna kill me? I'd drop your ass in the sewer so damn fast. 
Writes down notes for next time Devin is in town. Meanwhile, Heather week. is trying... Wait, you're going to be in town next week? Remember I told you I have a wedding or something. Anybody or something. Oh! I do have a wedding. I didn't put that on my calendar. I do have the dentist on my calendar. That's probably good. Mm-hmm. When, you, when are you going to be in town again? I'll cut this part I out. get into town Thursday night. A week from... So a week from Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then I will return Tuesday night. Oh, so you'll be in, like, town for Columbus Day, which is probably why they're doing the wedding then. Oh, is it? Yeah, no. that Monday. I didn't know that's what we had. So, sure. Yeah, so I've got you in town and available from Friday through Monday. So, cool. Yeah. We can do a l- episode together. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. Uh, so, meanwhile, Heather tries to hack back into the system to stop the countdown, but she is unable to. And, meanwhile, Electra has also saved Reed's daughter Valeria, but Valeria immediately starts attacking her because I guess she also caught the Hydra. Like, what Hydra does here is so weird. Because it's like, I guess I have to fully mind control you with a mind control device. But I forget if we ever get an explanation of how Sue became Hydra. I don't think so. But you know what did come out of this? What? They made a uh, Hydra Wolverine hero click. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back in the fight, Morph steps up to try and save Sabretooth, but it's not going well. Luckily, for no explainable reason at all, Longshot was able to break the Hydra programming, and whenever someone mentions that, it's like, I guess I'm just lucky! And he's but able he to... he been lucky, because he was doing evil. Yeah. When you're a Nazi, you should not have luck for doing good. But maybe it's good to him, so that makes him be lucky. Yeah. So Slaymaster tries to hit Longshot with the sword, and Longshot is able to Longshot it so that it ends up slicing through Slaymaster instead. And Heather shows back up in hollow form, asking for the team to get out of here before the world blows up, and Slaymaster's just really upset that they're messing with his world, and they're just being so rude to him right now. And Hydra Sue, meanwhile, is trying to kill Reed with the invisible Hydra Wolverine in the wing, and Reed shows her the link to the Omniverse, and offers it to her as a, like, oh, don't kill me, I'll let you into the Omniverse. And Reed ends up using this time to knock out Wolverine, that's when Psylocke shows up, but she also gets knocked. She starts fighting, and that's when Slaymaster joins the fray. Valeria and Electra show up, only for Heather to say that their time is up and the Dimension is going to die soon. And that's when Valeria asks him to trust her and read. And uh, Victor's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll trust you guys for some reason. So Slaymaster distracts Psylocke long enough. For Wolverine to stab her in the back. Morph and Longshot burst in to help. The fighting intensifies and Slaymaster asks uh, Slay asks Sue for something that we don't see. 
she grabs the universal escape device, clicks it, and the universe ends, and Heather thinks that her friends are dead, and then the universe reappears, everyone is alive, Sue, Wolverine, and Slaymaster are gone, though, because they don't really explain what happens here at all. And then it turned out that Valeria had a necklace with, like, two billion people that were stored inside of it that Reed is able to restore, and the Exiles sort of succeeded, and then we see another world, Earth-7794, where Slaymaster finds another Psylocke and then kills her. Hashtag dick. Yeah, uh, that wraps up this first arc of Exiles. It's... It's weird. It it just feels very, very different, and I'm not sure I like it as much. I liked it. Well, we'll see how long that stays. But for now, you know what we have? What, Luke? We've got questions! So, Xavier Files asks us, Is this the worst late Claremont X book? Probably not. Because, I mean, we haven't gotten to New Exiles yet, and I remember hating that one a lot more. Let's look at what late Chris Claremont did so I can give my opinion. Worst Chris Claremont comics. Um... Hmm. Actually, let me see if he did the one that I'm thinking of. Well, this person really hates the Matt Fraction run on X-Men. And the, well, I guess I can understand the Brubaker run a bit more. They kind of wrote it together, though. Oh, yeah, here's a person who says that uh, Chris Claremont's new Excalibur is one of the worst things. Uh, well, it's either one who wrote the new Nightcrawler book, because that wasn't the greatest. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, that was that actually bad, though? I didn't particularly care for it. And if we're going to compare it to that and this, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed that. Um, Chris Claremont's Extreme X-Men is on this is on this person's list. And then his second and third runs of uh, Uncanny X-Men are apparently not super good. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I haven't read enough to say I've too much. I've mostly read his I, classic stuff. Yeah. And then our second question comes in from Michael B, who is at Not Really Robot, who wants to know is Mad Jim Jaspers or Proteus the better evil reality warper? Uh, I haven't read, like, the classic Captain Britain stuff with, like, OG Jim Jaspers in it. Me neither. So I, I really need to get around to it. That's also one of those things that they've been weird about collecting because it's Marvel UK that published it. 
No, that's starting to make a comeback. Marvel's yeah, but Marvel has been re very recently publishing a bunch of new trades. And by a bunch, new I mean trades. like two. But uh, they just published. Um, there's a Hulk one. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other one? Let me log in my Comicsology real quick. I bought that one because Alan Moore wrote part of it. Uh, yeah, that new Comicsology sale was a nice surprise, though. I couldn't spend too much on it. I spent more than I probably should have. Yeah, I only bought two books and then I got the free one. Here we go Night Raven. Who is a character exclusive to the Marvel UK? Uh, oh, well, here is a collection that I'll need to remember to get in the future. It is uh, Captain Britain Legacy Legend. Uh, it is uh, Captain Britain 1 through 2, Marvel Team of 65 through 66, some uh, material from Hulk comic, uh, Individual or Incredible Hulk Weekly, the Marvel Superheroes UK, uh, Daredevils numbers 3 through 4, and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, Tight. Luke's Miss is coming up, listeners. You can go and buy me digital comics for that. That way Devin and I can cover them. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll need to get back to that sometime when we cover Excalibur, which we'll maybe need to do to break up our uh, Exiles coverage, just because we're going to be getting very heavy into... Excalibur stuff momentarily. True story, brah. It's the most true, Devin. I'm sorry. The Brits are taking over. And, uh, yeah, beyond that, all we need to do now is uh, Trials of the Multiverse and then wrap up. So we've got two worlds this time. We have Earth-1720, which is Hydra Sue's world, and then Earth-7794, which is that Greek world where Psylocke got killed. How do you feel about... How do you feel about Hydra Sue's world? I still... I still feel like it's kind of a mess. You're a mess. Also, you're you're coming in You're a mess, Luke. How do you feel about it compared to... Squirrel Girl versus Miss Marvel fanfic. Better. Uh, a lot better or a little better? It's a bit better. Uh, American Civil War Batman. Better. Uh, Marvel Comics and the National Endowment for the Arts presented Spidey Intellectual. Uh, Michelangelo was an orange lantern. Better. Okay, so our new number 129 is Earth 1720, Hydra Sue's World. And then we also have Earth 7794, the Greek world, which is another one of those short ones. Not a lot, except everyone looked like they're techno Greek. Yeah. How do you feel about this That's one? cool, I guess. 
Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Deathlock Pool? Not as good. Uh, Legacy Vilox? Not as yeah, good. Oh, yeah. Vilox are better. Uh, what if Luke never found out Leia was his sister? Uh, this is better than that. Okay, so our new number 240 is Earth 7794. Greek world slash Slay Master. And that brings our total up to 476 universes. And, uh, yeah, definitely. Where can people find you online? You can find me online at Fred Fett. That's F R E D D O F E T T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online on the Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K O L T R E G. Or at LukeHair.com. I'm also on most social medias as Coltreg. So feel free to reach out to me as there. Next week, we are going to be tackling Batman Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader as we wait. To figure out what reader Batman special we are going to be By covering. Neil because <gasps> Yeah. Uh oh <laughs> uh, Yep. Because we've got a uh, Bat-tober starting for the rest of this month. So uh, Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. If you enjoy it and what we do, you can consider sponsoring us and supporting us on Patreon. Where for as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus stuff. I'm going to be doing a big upload of Multiversal Q bonus content, including some uh, of our note pages and that sort of thing. And you can also feel free to request universes and send us in questions at Multiversal Q on the Twitter or visit us at multiversalq.com and please no matter what uh, leave us some reviews on social medias and iTunes until then this one's for Hank